Welcome back to Finding New Films. It's another Backdoor pilot episode. Ooh. I'm just, I'm spitting them out. Um, this is a Backdoor pilot for FNF at the Films. Um, I find that funny because nobody, nobody says at the movies. Or everybody says at the movies, you know, or they're going to the movies. Nobody says I'm going to the film. I'm going to the cinema. Yeah. You hear that from some people. Yeah, they're, those people are really annoying, though. I mean, honestly, saying films is kind of pretentious. It is. A little bit, but I think that's the point. It is. I'm just being stupid. Honestly, I, I'll, I'll just say it. I did the, the title of the podcast when I figured out that I wanted to do this, I was going to call it We Just Watched, but that already exists. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to them for taking my name. <laughs> that I thought of before well um yeah, but saw water under the bridge yeah water under my bridge because they don't know that I exist and they don't care probably to be fair I didn't know they existed yeah well there you go until just now yeah and I won't be googling it mm. well their thing is like we just watched oh I'm googling <laughs> it's like we just watched dot 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 Oh. Is their pod name, and then they will like fill in what they want. Yeah, real, real clever. Yeah, like I'm telling you, if this guy thought of it. See, we break it down because these are pieces of art. You know, people have put work into these films. Yeah, right. We just watched. You, you no, no, no. We experienced exactly. I, I lived it. I lived we Joe Dirt. Experience. We didn't just watch Barnyard. Anyway. We're here to we're gonna bring you an actual quality product. We're gonna like what if they, what if they find this? They're just gonna start like we start a beef with a movie podcast, movie pod white guy movie podcasting yeah. beef. Yo, bring it on! That would be the funniest shit ever. Bring it on! Oh my god, I'm ready for it. Oh, well, that's not how I normally start an episode, but anyway, uh, <laughs> we started the episode with an open-ended threat. Things are never traditional when I'm here. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> literally we started the episode with an open-ended threat to another like movie podcast. Anyway, after I accused them of stealing a name that I was about to steal. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this week uh, for the first installment of uh, F and F at the films is. Uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 by James Gunn, written and directed. First Marvel movie um, for Finding New Films. First superhero movie for Finding New Films. Uh, what else? First James Gunn movie? Yeah. And probably last. Yeah. Uh, I'm not watching any of his DC shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to do the credits now, and just read the, the plot synopsis, I guess, and then... Uh, Get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, and then we'll talk about how we feel about it, which I know you guys care so much about. Um, <clears throat> this movie was released last month uh, in May of 2023. Um, it was written and directed by James Gunn. The movie was... Edited by Greg Daria and Fred Raskin. 
cinematography done by Henry Braham. The music was done by John Murphy. Uh, yeah. Um, produced by Marvel, obviously distributed by Marvel and Disney. Uh, in the cast, it's pretty. This is a pretty expansive cast. Uh, Chuk Woody Uwuji as the High Evolutionary was absolutely incredible. Unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bradley Cooper doing the voice of Rocket. We got Palm Clemente, Dave Batista, Karen Gillan, Vin Diesel, uh, Zoe Saldana, Sean Gunn, Chris Pratt. I, Chris Pratt is like halfway down this list. Fair. He is not really a. Um, he is not the main character in this movie. Yeah. Um, so. There's that. Uh, I just turned the TV down. Anyway, uh, yeah, um, that that seems about it. Oh, Star Study Cast. I'm on IMDb right now, so I'm like, I, I didn't write these, so I'm trying to make sure that they didn't they don't have somebody halfway down. Uh, that should be oh Will Poulter, Adam Warren. Uh, uh, sorry, Will. And Elizabeth Debicki, his mother. Um, I think that's it. So, that is the credits. Um, there's a lot of people that actually need to be, like, listed as a part of this movie, because they all, they all have all, this this is one of the going to be the most interesting movies to talk about for this pod, because they have so much history, you know? It's like, hours upon hours of, <laughs> of content with these characters, even if it's not a Guardians movie or a Guardians, Guardians property, it's like... Um, it's super interesting mm-hmm. to have that type of uh, relationship with characters coming into their last movie. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is probably the most emotionally invested I've been in a movie that uh, we've talked about on here. Because obviously the, the concept of, you know, finding new films is watching something you've never seen before and just kind of have like a small like, oh, I'm kind of, that seems kind of neat. But with Guardians 3, it's like, obviously we hadn't seen it, but we had seen the first two movies. We're big Marvel fans. We've seen all those movies. So there's like a whole lot more to talk about in relation to these characters and their progression and their development and their interactions with each other and, you know, how the movie ends. Like, all of that stuff is way more important to us than it normally is. Like, you know, if we watch a movie and it's kind of bad, it's like, well, whatever. We can shit on it and joke about it and talk about the stuff we did like and that's the podcast. But with Guardians 3, it's like, basically just me talking about how much I love it and how it made me cry and how much I care about these characters and what I want to see from them in the future and like how I feel about how this movie, you know, the direction it took them from the first two. It's all very, you know, it's a whole lot more invested. Like it's going to be easy to come up with talking points because I have so much I, I want to say about this movie. I feel the same way. Um, so here's the plot. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is as follows. At their new headquarters on Nowhere, the Guardians of the Galaxy are attacked by Adam, a sovereign warrior created by their high priestess, Aisha. After Adam critically wounds Rocket, he is stabbed by Nebula and flees. The Guardians cannot heal Rocket's wounds with their med packs due to a kill switch embedded by, in him by Orgo Corp, a company held, helmed by a mad scientist and the Rocket's creator, the High Evolutionary, the Guardians travel to Orgo Corp's headquarters to find the Switch's override code to save Rocket's life. 
As Rocket lies unconscious, he recalls his past as a baby. As uh, sorry, as a baby, he was experimented on by the high evolutionary who sought to enhance and anthropomorphize animals, uh, animal life forms to create an ideal society called Counter Earth. Rocket befriends uh, fellow Batch eighty nine test subjects, Otter Lila, the Walrus Thieves, in the Rabbit Floor. The High Evolutionary was impressed by Rocket's rapidly growing intelligence, but in, uh, became curious once it exceeded his own. The High Evolutionary used Rocket to perfect his animan creations, then planned to harvest Rocket's brain for further research and exterminate the obsolete Batch 89. Rocket frees his friends, but the High Evolutionary kills Lila. Enraged, Rocket mauls the High Evolutionary for making fun of his cries, in grief, but henchman kills uh, his henchman kills Tief and Floor during a firefight with Rocket before the latter flees Counter Earth in a spaceship. You know how we all get out of situations. Yeah. In the present, the Ravagers, led by an alternate <clears throat> version of Gamora, help ga the Guardians infiltrate Orgo Corp. They retrieve Rocket's file, but discover that the code was removed, with the likely culprit being Thiel, one of the High Evolutionary's advisors. So, the Guardians, along with Gamora, depart for Counter-Earth to find him. They are followed by Aisha and Adam, the High Evolutionary revealed... Wait. They are followed by Aisha and Adam, the High Evolutionary revealed to be their racist creator as he threatened to wipe out the Sovereign if they fail to retrieve Rocket. The Guardians reach Counter-Earth and are guided to the Aret Laboratories. Aret means stop in French. <laughs> uh... The Aret Laboratories, Jax and Mantis remains with Gamora and Rocket as Peter, Quill, Groot, and Nebula travel to Aret. Uh, Nebula is forced to wait outside by guards as Quill and Groot enter Aret, while Jax uh, tricks Mantis into pursuing Quill's group. Gamora saves Rocket from being captured by Adam and Warpig, an experiment of the High Evolutionary. Okay. Questioned by Quill, the High Evolutionary admits to the disillusionment with the Animan's imperfect society. He destroys Counter-Earth to kill the Animan and start anew. Aisha is killed in the process as Adam attempts to save her. Aret departs as a spaceship with Nebula, Drax, and Mantis boarding to rescue Quill and Groot, who instead escape Aret with Thiel retrieving the death code from his corpse while rescued by Gamora in their ship. As Quill... As Quill's group uses the code, Rocket instead flatlines and has a near-death experience where he reunites with Lila, Chiefs, and Floor. Lila tells him that his time has not yet come. As Quill restarts Rocket, ha Rocket's heart, the code disables the kill switch, allowing for Rocket to heal. Uh, Drax, Nebula, and Mantis encounter hundreds of genetically engineered humanoid children on the Aret before being captured. The other Guardians stage a rescue mission, leading to a battle against the High Evolutionary's forces. Craglin fires on a rat with Nowhere uh, dooming a rat. He later saves Nowhere citizens from an attack intent on retreat. The High Evolutionary's underlings mutiny. He kills them. Wait, what? <laughs> intent on retreat. The High Evolutionary's underlings mutiny and he kills them. Okay. Drax, Nebula, and Mantis face and befriend three monstrous ablists to escape and reunite with Quill's group. The Guardians delay, leaving Aret choosing to rescue the children who escape to nowhere via Cosmo's telekinetic tunnel, connecting nowhere to Aret. Rocket discovers imprisoned animals on the ship before being attacked by High Evolutionary, but the other Guardians help subdue him and Rocket spares him. 
The Guardians rescue the animals to nowhere. Quill nearly dies and tries to cross over, but is saved by Adam, who had a change of heart after being saved by Groot from a rat. In uh, the aftermath, Quill decides to leave the Guardians, naming Rocket as the captain. Quill travels to Earth to reunite with his grandfather, Jason. Mantis embarks on a journey to self-discovery with the Abelisks. Gamora reunites with the Ravagers, and Nebula and Drax remain on nowhere to raise rescued children. In a mid-credits scene, the Guardians, uh, the new Guardians consisting of Rocket, Groot, Kraglin, Cosmo, Adam, and Philo, one of the rescued children, and Adam's pet, Blurt, take on a new mission. I really like that, that pet, Blurt. And that, that was Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Um, yeah, that's, that's funny. That's, the pet was really funny. They always know how to, they always know how to do it. Shang Chi had the, um, had that little, had that little faceless thing that Trevor Slattery was yeah. carrying around, which Trevor Slattery is actually coming back. Really? Yeah. In um, I think um, I don't remember. <laughs> One of the yeah, it's kind two, of, three um, dozen Marvel projects coming up in the next yeah. couple of years. They just won't slow down. I'll look it up, but yeah. Um, Man, where to begin with Guardians? I mean, I, I'm just like all over the place about it. But Wonder Man. Wonder? Yeah. <clears throat> Don't really know anything about Wonder Man, honestly. Anyways. Uh, yeah, Guardians 3 is wild. Um, really fun movie, obviously. It's a Guardians movie. I really enjoyed how the very first movie was like, a, a kind of like a love letter to like music basically mm -hmm. and like how music it's like so in tune with the music and then the second one just kind of banked on the first ones and it just kind of felt like and it, it, a lot of people say it it doesn't really feel like a different movie it just mm -hmm. kind of feels like a continuation yeah and then i would say right from the get-go with guardians 3 it feels like a different movie mm -hmm. because you've moved away from like the 70s and like 80s hits yeah, we're so prevalent in the right. first. Getting into the '90s, 2000s, yeah. starting off immediately with Creep, and like seeing that uh, it's not Quill listening to it, but it's Rocket. Like now, Rocket has kind of adopted like the music from Quill, and it's like it immediately tells you like this is a Rocket movie. Yeah, which is funny because you know you don't spend a whole lot of time with Rocket in the present. Um, yeah, but you see, you know, like. What, what honestly I had been wondering for a long time like I don't know how many people were like how did Rocket get there like how did Rocket you know come to be but like I always was curious about that I was like it's, a, it's a, like he's not an alien he's a raccoon he's from mm -hmm. Earth but he's been genetically modified so I was like there's got to be a good story there yeah so uh, I was really happy to see that like this was his film like yeah. it wasn't about Quill which like you know I love Star-Lord he's one of my favorites like the original Guardians and him is like what got me into Marvel in general uh, but I've grown to love Rock as a character a lot more, I think. Yeah. I wish they had done more to sell Lila. In the comics that this is based off of, Lila is like a true, like, his wife. Like, yeah, Mary. Yeah, like she's a big part of his yeah. life. So I think, I think for the story they're telling, just, you know, being anti, like, animal cruelty and stuff, I think that the story that they told for this movie works a lot better. And I don't know that children would really react to well, I don't know they children would children don't give a fuck you can tell them anything loves each other and they're like oh, yeah, you're right yeah but um yeah I, like I was because I have read like some of the early Rocket like Guardian of the Galaxy comics about 
like rocket and lion yeah. and like the other animal friends they have because they have like in the comics they have like a whole planet they live on with the animals here other other world or after earth or whatever it's something like that it's not called counter earth but it's a similar concept um but yeah it's very very different i mean i don't think she had robot arms and stuff <laughs> But, uh, man, it's just like, immediately from the get-go, like, okay, this is a different movie. And then, not long after that, it's like, oh, anyone could die. Yeah. When when Adam Warlock shows up and, like, he beats the shit out of, uh, he beats the shit out of basically everybody. But especially when he was fighting Groot, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat. And then I love to see, like, oh, Groot just has spare bodies. <laughs> like, that's what it seemed, like, I didn't get, because it seemed like his body was destroyed. Yeah. And his head was just there, but then he, like, just attached himself to, like, I assumed that was, like, a body that he grew and he just had on standby. Or, uh, they, cause I don't think they went back to, like, and recovered his body that quickly. Grew? Yeah. yeah. At the very end? No, or no, in the end. Oh, yeah. When he, because he yeah, rips his head off, it's like, he drags him through the fucking city. Yeah. And, like, rips and did, his I body. And then they, he just reattaches, like, not long after that. Because I thought, like, oh, no, great, it's Korg. He's just going to be a headless, like, just a head for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I was kind of pissed. And it was like, oh, he's got, like, either a spare or they really quickly got his body back. But it seemed like it was destroyed completely. So I was like, okay. He, like, you know, it makes sense that he can grow branches. So, like, grow a body, leave it, and then have a new one. I, yeah. But, yeah, you thought, like, besides Star-Lord, really, like, everyone in that beginning, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was really oh, worried about yeah. everybody. Yeah, I definitely thought Peter was gonna die when they. Oh, at the very, at the end, I was like, the, yeah, he's out in space. So. I was like, well, that's a, that's noble. one way to end it. Pretty noble, you know. I think that would be a good way to salvage him being alive. Honestly, makes less sense, in my opinion. A little certainly, but I think he's gonna have a role to play on Earth in like the future stories because that's yeah. his base now. I think he's gonna have something to do with. Some kind of storyline. I don't know. How next, far down thing, the line. next thing they probably are going to do with him. They could do, honestly, they could do a series. And they could do that. Um, don't you have the comic of Starler on Earth? Where he's yeah. like living on Earth? So, I mean, that could be the next. Pretty sweet. That could be the next thing. Miss Marvel's there. Too. He's already like dipping into like alcoholism. If he's going to be away from the Guardians, like his only family, mm-hmm. really. I mean, he's going to dip right back into it. So I, I feel like something's going to happen to his grandpa. Like, yeah, to yeah, they definitely set his grandpa up to be like the uh, the victim of a brutal murder. Or like, I mean, just I don't know. It would probably be like super traumatic for him if his grandpa also died from cancer or something like that. Yeah, like you know, and that would like bring him out of like, as he'll probably just like live a normal civilian life and stuff like that. But I I I only have really thought about what would happen to Star Lord after this movie because they specifically say Star Lord will return. They didn't talk about anybody else. That's why yeah, that's why it makes me think that they're gonna do that like like a um like an actual fleshed out story mm-hmm. like Star Lord thing because he's been the, the you know face of these movies. He's been like the lead technically, mm-hmm. even though it's an ensemble. They um they've always pegged him kind of as the lead. But they don't go crazy into his backstory other than the first movie. And well, I guess this, well, I, I think it was the only the, the, whole, the second movie was the whole the whole thing was about. You know, so I think it was only the second movie where we got like a little bit of a view into how who, how he grew up with the Ravagers. Yeah, because all he really said in the first movie was, like, "You threatened to eat me." <laughs> yeah, that was ba- that was the the gist of it. So it seems like an abusive relationship. Um, and then, you know, by the end of Guardians 2, it's like, well, I'm crying over Yondu dying. Yeah. So, 
But yeah, this movie, speaking of crying, and there's probably four, at least, I think, times where I was like either on the verge of tears or like actively like crying. My second note is that like the alcohol and alcoholism scene in like the beginning with <laughs> him, those got me. Like, yeah. I was like, that, that made me really emotional. I was like, that's really sad to see it in, in any like case but like Capacity. yeah but like that's that like that whole like bit where like it's just all of the guardians and then freaking uh <laughs> nebula carrying peter is like damn it was like really shows you like i mean yeah obviously you'd be pretty affected if your girlfriend died and then sort of came back and then wanted absolutely nothing to do with you <laughs> yeah makes sense so I kind of wonder where that lines up timeline-wise with uh, the time the Guardians spent with Thor. Like, how long after that is this taking place is what I'm right. wondering. But, like, I don't think there's any way to really get an answer. Uh, I mean, you'll probably, you'll probably ask James Gunn and he'd be like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. You gotta ask Kevin Feige something like that. <laughs> uh, I mean, James Gunn does answer a lot of questions on Twitter. True. Like, Let me see. He could probably just tweet at him. He probably could. He might see it. Maybe email him. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know what he's on. Um, but I, man, I, I want to give a shout out. I mean, we said at the beginning, but the High Evolutionary, while he wasn't one of those villains, we're like, oh, I see what he's trying to do. We're like, he makes a good point, like Killmonger, or like people tried to say Thanos was making a good point, but like he's just a very charismatic, like intense villain who like immediately you're like, I fucking hate this guy. Yeah, right off the bat, but like he's so convincing in his performance. Yeah, and he's like, he's not one note, but like he's straight up evil. There is no argument for like, oh well, he's got like you know, there's no like confused. it's the greater like, good to him or like, like an 80s or he was abused or something like that or something happened to him to make him this way. Like nope, he just believes in what he believes in, and he's basically like a Nazi eugenicist. <laughs> and that's basically it. There's no excuses to be made for the high evolutionary. And they really hammer that home with all the scenes of Rocket being tortured and experimented on and the way they killed the animal and, like, the caged children, Yeah, you know? And, I mean, literally genociding an entire planet um, just because they weren't perfect. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. And he was scary because you see right off the bat how strong Adam Warlock is basically chopping up the whole Guardians with yeah. no problem. And then the High Evolutionary just fucking puts him on a wall <laughs> it's like oh he's pretty strong too that's great it's like you honestly were like i was thinking the whole movie like you know it's a superhero movie they're gonna win but i'm just like how exactly are they going to win and it's the it's the hubris of the villain just i mean thinking that he's superior and like supreme and then it's just like no this raccoon fucked your shit up <laughs> i love that i like that too um, I have this note that says the banter about touching was really funny. Do you remember what I? It's like a theme now. I've kind of just started doing it to play into it. But I have like one note that I that I don't understand every time, and I think that's gonna be the one for this one. I don't know what that means. I think they were talking about. I think they were maybe like a "don't touch me" thing, and he's like, "I'm not touching you." I, I don't know. I guess I thought it was funny at the time. I don't remember that. Yeah. So. I was gonna say the only the sole the sole bit that I remember from the movie that made me just die laughing was the the whole car with uh, Nebula and Star Lord. Yeah. Like I'm pressing the button. He's like, no, you're not. 
I was like, now what do I do? Get in the fucking car. Open the fucking door. I was like, the first F-bomb in any Marvel movie, and they did a fantastic job. It was really, it was really fucking funny. Open the fuck. I love how Groot just casually got in the back, like no issues at all. Yeah. <laughs> and Nebula, who should probably have an idea of how to open the I wanna, I do wanna point out they, they ripped the fuck out of that bitch straight from Scary Movie Four. Open the damn car, Marvin, <laughs> or you're gonna die. Or you're gonna die. I'm trying to open the car. Do I go on three or do I go on four? <laughs> Don't even, don't even think about four. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And they totally ripped that. But, but you know, it was funny. I've never had a car door that worked remotely like that. Never. Never in my life. Yeah. I don't know how that like. That, that's not even just a scary movie. Like I've seen that bit in countless shows and movies. There's like a bit about the kid open. It's like you have to press the button. I've never had to press a button to open a car door ever. What kind of cars are you driving? Yeah. I don't have buttons. It's either like unlocked, you just pull it, you know? It's that simple. Yeah. That's why you don't buy a Volvo. Um <laughs> 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 Swedes. Um, I think besides the music, uh the thing that stood out to me the most in this movie was how freaking good the action was. Yeah. And how good the choreography was, specifically the hallway fight scene. Marvel's got a thing for those. Just in general. A good hallway fight scene is always my like that's my that's my shit. Yeah, Marvel. Uh, Marvel did a really good one on um Netflix is Daredevil. And I think they yeah. That's like every fight scene in Daredevil actually. But Pretty much. In the like, woods I, with Punisher. I think Daredevil too. Marvel really needed this movie. Yeah, they did. I mean, I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't seen the new Black Panther or Ant Man, but I've just heard a lot. Yeah. And uh, sad. I was like this is this was a good time to have a, a like a. You know, a shoe in. Like, okay, this is gonna be good. It's gonna make money. People are gonna like it, and that seems to be the case, far and wide. Like, I haven't heard anybody be like, "Oh, this was worse than that," or blah blah. You know, it's probably for me the best since uh, Far From Home, or at least I mean, you know, like Phase Four. This is Phase Five now. It's, uh, this is the first movie of Phase Five. Yeah, already better than all of Phase Four, pretty much. I mean, besides Spider Man, but what do you, what can you do, Spider Man? I'm a uh, I'm a little simp boy, so I I don't I don't feel the same way. But I I just the the bad thing for me is that the coolest thing about the new Black Panther movie was Namor. That shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Um. But that's the I only reason say, I really want to watch it. And but they do set Namor. Up. I thought it was a great movie about attrition. Like the whole movie, I felt like was about attrition, mm. basically, and like what leaders go through when they're going through like tumultuous shit and like how attrition needs to be like implemented mm -hmm. and they kind of set Namor up to be this like super sinister anti-hero where he like he wants to do the right thing but like at the same time he's like yeah but not my people my people like he like he'll do anything for the people of like Atlantia or whatever the fuck wherever he's from. The Little Mermaids and shit. And um, so he'll do like anything to make sure that they're fine. But like, but at the same time, he's like, yeah, probably shouldn't like just kill each other. 
I've come to this conclusion after yeah. killing a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this isn't fun. I don't like you know, that. I don't like how that makes me feel very much. It's <laughs> a quote Adam Warlock. I don't very much like how that makes me feel. That's so funny. I think he was like one of the best. Like everything was so serious for the Guardians with Rocket's life hanging in the balance and like seeing the, like seeing what he went through and like this fight against this super evil guy. Meanwhile, you have like, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, just like he's basically a ten year old who just like just <laughs> was born like and has like barely any like intelligence or like worldliness. Yeah. And he's like showing we mean business. Yeah. Completely melts a guy. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I don't want to know. His, his pet is crying. <laughs> he uh, proceeds to just like take the pet of the guy. He's brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's his new pet. He murdered the the owner of his pet. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. We got to take a break really quick. Uh, that's good. Uh, we have to pee. That's good. Uh, well, that it worked out. Not that good that you have to pee. But both. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to uh, part two. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, from the break, we just got back from the break. Um, funnily enough, we turned on the TV. We have Captain America: uh, Civil War in the background now. So if we make a comment, that's what that is. Um, yeah, if you see me staring in this direction, I'm watching. <laughs> not a great idea. We don't have now. great attention span. Yeah, it's not a great idea. It's kind of more to just make us realize that we're doing this. But like, oh yeah, I'm. Yeah. Hi there. It's just not late enough in the day for a sporting event to be on. So. Um, and we've already watched all the porn. So yeah. All of it. Yeah, all the DVDs. And VHSs. Anyway, uh, we. <laughs> I, I want to talk about Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock in this movie is really cool. Well, you talked about it right before the break how it was uh, like a really funny. Um, yeah, it wasn't what I expected, yeah, uh, really. necessarily. But they didn't, you know, mention how he was pulled out of the cocoon early, so that's why he was so goofy and like naive, despite being probably now one of the most powerful people in the MCU. Yeah. Well, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, they meant, I think um, when he reports back to the High Evolutionary and. Um, I do, and I, I hear it, and I hear, I hear it now. She's like, "He was pulled out of the cocoon early." Yeah, somebody's kind of just like, "It's like you took a baby out and you just like poked the soft spot on his head." <laughs> so I saw it. But no, like from what I from what I gathered, because I've never read any comics where Adam Warlock was heavily featured. But from what I gathered, it was very different. And there were some like hardline comic book fans that were upset by it. But then I see I saw a lot more people who were comic fans being like, I like this change up, and like they explained why it was that way. It's obviously, he's going to learn and grow with the Guardians, and it's cool to see. I Adam Warlock is an allegory for Jesus, the story of Jesus. So fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> give him a give him a go ahead and make some changes. Like, yeah, just. <laughs> I mean, just give him a personality. I mean, it literally his his. If you read his backstory, it's like word for word, like the story of God, or the story of Jesus Christ, and it's like it's just played out. Play, yeah, it's super played <laughs> out, and I don't really think we need a a Jesus Christ story in yeah. the in the and plus like the the last context of space. 
And, yeah. just not... and the last story where you want like perfect characters is the Guardians because yeah. that's the whole point is they're all flawed, right? And they're all very different people with different backgrounds, and they become a family. So to have someone to inject someone who is perfect into it and like has their shit together, well, not even he doesn't have shit to have together. He just is like he basically is like a god in the comics, and that's really boring. <laughs> that's why Eternals was boring. Yeah. I, I love the post credit scenes, but I do feel like there are some times where, in like this is one of them where it kind of like stirs people to a point where they can't even enjoy something mm-hmm. because you know, the Adam thing, the post credit scene where she's just talking about like bringing him to life. That was twenty seventeen. Yeah. So we had six years to sit on her and be like, oh, what's Adam Warlock gonna be like mm-hmm. in it just spells like all of this uh or it, it draws all this speculation and stuff and it's not always worth it because then you get to it and you're like well i don't like that and it's like well yeah but you probably would have been See, easier to it probably would have been easier to accept if you didn't know that he was coming and had an idea of how you felt about you know yeah like if i had you know seen that scene and thought i'm gonna learn everything i can about adam warlock you know, and yada, yada, and like read the comics and all this stuff. I'd probably have been like, "Well, this is super different," yeah. but because I'm not a nerd who reads comic books, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that in credit scene." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like I'm kidding. I had a Marvel Unlimited subscription. Yeah, yeah. Comic books are cool, but I mean, even books with pictures are for nerds now. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> I, I I just I just don't get like I mean it's been said countless times they're adaptations it's not like a yeah it's it would be so boring and stupid if they just word for word beat for beat repeated comic book stories like we've been over this like yeah, all that like, was pretty cool when they did it in Hawkeye I I will say <laughs> see I w- I didn't know that I just thought Hawkeye was good that was that was like it's. To be fair, that is like that that one run of comics is like when you tell someone to start reading comics, that is like one of the runs that people tell you to read because it has like no canon, you know, uh, stipulation. There's no stipulation on like the canon, and there's no uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? There's crossover overlap. No, there's no repercussion for. for like anything that happens but it's like a 20 episode see or 26 issue run or whatever and uh i think like the eight, 19th or 18th issue is literally all from the dog's perspective from uh, lucky's perspective and then there's the one of the issues like in that car scene that car chase scene that's one of the issues an entire issue is a car chase it's like pretty cool. Um, super cool stuff. But like that's really the only time I've ever really seen it like be implemented crazily. Something I had totally off topic, but something I hadn't um mentioned yet was the Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah. Which I did not see. Oh, it's so good. So like when I there's like this whole revelation about like Mantis is freaking Star Lord's sister. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah. I like, like, turned to my girlfriend in the theater, like audibly, like didn't even try to silence myself. I was like, "What?" Yeah. And then the fucking nerd next to me looked at me like, "You didn't know." 
Really? Yeah. He looked. He didn't at say that. But he looked at me like, like. He literally looked at me like. I was like, fucking like you. <laughs> Why would I watch the? Ho- I didn't know. I mean, I assumed the holiday special was good and funny and stuff. I didn't think that there were major plot implications. In the I, I, I always guess that because there's just no way that they're. Oh, it, I mean, I wasn't confused for long because you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Why else would she be there with Ego if yeah. she was not one of his children? And that was yeah. that was a whole explanation. Well, you know, he wasn't put it fast. Like, at the same time, the original just like I assumed that he just kidnapped her or something, and he just used her for her powers. But I guess so. Like either way, it makes but sense. yeah, so yeah, it was really like super duper jarmy. But I was like, what? For a minute, and I was like, well, thought about it for ten seconds. Like, okay, I guess so. Like, cool. I forgot that I knew that when she said that. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. I didn't see the resemblance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, that man was just planting the seed everywhere. Literally. So yeah. Of course. It's probably got more kids out in the galaxy somewhere. I was I was holding out hope because I just thought Star Lord's powers were so cool. I was like, you're gonna find a way. Like I before I knew early on that it was gonna because I didn't remember James Gunn saying in an interview, but like way before it came out, like, this is a rocket movie. Um, but before I knew that, I was like, I hope he gets his powers somehow. Like, not, it doesn't have to happen forever, but it'd be, if he gets him back temporarily somehow. That's why I'm thinking Star Lord show. That would be a cool avenue to go down. I think, like, I, literally, the show will just be called Star Lord, you know? Um, or, or it'll be called, uh, what's his real name? Peter Quill? Yeah. Or it'll be called Peter. Just Peter? Yeah. Peter. Yeah. Peter. Because it'll be like, oh, we're, we're going to explore the human side of Peter Quill, you know? It's just a slice of life sitcom. <laughs> no, quite literally. I mean, you know, I think with WandaVision, that kind of just opened me up to really be like, yeah, neither yeah. thing is fucking possible. Between, in this universe. Yeah, between WandaVision and She-Hulk, I was like... And the, uh, the um, Werewolf by Night. I still need to watch that. It's so good. It was directed by the guy who made all the music for like the Avengers, Michael Giacchino. Good job, dude. Yeah. And the score of that is incredible. It's only it like 50 minutes. At one point, I had seen everything Marvel, and like I was watching everything to come out, and now it's just like, I won't say inundated, because I don't feel like it's a bad thing. I'm still, I'm one of the few Marvel fans who's like, oh, it's not all gone to shit. Like, I think it's fine. I think I that... I loved Andy Hulk and I loved Miss Marvel. And if anybody has anything to say about that, you can fucking kill yourself. Yeah, if you didn't like Miss Marvel, <laughs> you I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, hold on. I don't know about that. Let me walk that back a little bit. You could, I, I, we disagree because that shit is incredible. It, yeah, like if you just didn't like it for purely objective reasons, yeah. as far as like the, the storyline or like how it. If you hate it because it, women are having a, a voice in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or if you're racist, um, yeah, then you can kill yourself. Who racist kill yourself, but I mean, yeah. um get over it. Yeah, get over it. There are other people. Yeah. Learn it out. Yeah. It's kinda crazy. Why like, there are other people. And one of the funniest things I've seen recently is the She Hulk episode where they're having a fucking group therapy session and the they're like talking to this one dude. They're having a superhero group therapy session. And there's this one dude there, and his name is the Porcupine. And he won't fucking take the shit off, so he smells like shit. <laughs> and they just keep commenting on it. Like, dude, it's, you were fucking reek. It's so great. I loved it. And then the, the, the finale of She-Hulk is genuinely one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. Um, in really any movie. Um, and one of the most 
interesting ways to implement a fourth wall break. Yeah. No, I would agree. Like, I think Marvel's been heading out of the park lately. I mean, I, I haven't seen Ant-Man, but I feel like the majority of complaints that I've read seem a little bit, like, frivolous. Yeah. And, like, I just like Paul Rudd a lot. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'll still like it. But I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like, all the criticism has put me off. Like, I didn't go see it in theaters. I was like, well, I'll just wait, because, like, if it's that bad. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, Marvel fans are kind of dumb. And I often disagree with Marvel fans. Sad for Star Wars. I've like kind of stepped back and more. I'm able to enjoy it even more by just having my opinion yeah, no, <laughs> about like, it and just enjoying the, it. The way that I only thing it. I've got going in, I'll watch the first trailer to come out for anything new, and I won't watch the next like two or three trailers. They know, always reveal too much. But like when you go in with no expectations or just like ready to watch a movie, it's so much better. Yeah, like I, like I loved Multiverse of Madness, but people were shitting on it. I'm like, why? Yeah, it was good. It was a good movie. I mean, it's not a nine, ten out of ten. No, solid seven and a half, eight. Like, it's a good movie. Yeah, I, I that baffled me when I heard people have never negative reaction to that. I just don't. Oh, straight off of Guardians, but I mean, look, it's good. Yeah. Guardians is good. Go watch it. It's fucking fantastic. I'm not gonna like. I don't even want to spoil it too much. Really, I mean, we kind of did, but like. You need to see it. You yeah. need to, as we said earlier, experience it. Yeah. Don't just watch it. Experience yeah. it. Well, I mean, you know, we already we spoiled the movie at the very beginning. We read the yeah. plot, but like, but you, <laughs> but you had really experienced it. Yeah, no, I, but I was, you know, like, I, I'll be honest. There's a lot of movies that I'll say I watched, and all I did was read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> like most classics yeah. i'm like i've seen it like not really i just read the spark notes but this is a movie where it's like holy shit i didn't even notice martin freeman was in civil war yeah. all the way back in 2016 i never noticed that <laughs> i didn't know did you guys notice that comment down below interesting huh. Huh. anyway uh here comes on track but i honestly think that this is like the start of where people are going to stop shitting on every new Marvel project. And I, I, this, fucking hope. I feel like it's going to ramp up from here because we got so much to look forward to. And this is such a perfect end cap on like the only original, well, not original, but the only like, you know. Yeah. I, Guardians 1 was phase 3? Phase 2? No, phase 2, right? Anyway, Guardians, like, Guardians, I consider like part of like the original you know, whole overarching cast of the Infinity Saga. They're the ones who got us started in the Infinity Saga. So to put the end cap on their story, um, and then it's like, now it's like we're truly getting into the new stuff, like the new Avengers, the Thunderbolts, uh, Secret Invasion, probably Secret Wars, Kang, all this stuff is happening. And I just don't see how anybody could be, like, not excited. Yeah, Phase 2. First Guardians is Phase 2. Because we've been with these characters for so long, and it's like, I would love to see more of them, of course, but also I'm like, I'm really so happy with how they ended it. It could have been so easy to mess up this movie, and James Gunn and all the actors and everyone just didn't. And, um, yeah. The Guardians holiday special is the last thing in Phase 4. Oh, okay. So these past three Phase 4 covers WandaVision to the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Okay, so and Black Panther Wakanda Forever is in there. Phase five is Quantumania, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and then upcoming we have Secret Invasion, Loki Season Two, um, the Marvels. I was gonna make this comment about this Blade, 
I think that the post credit scene thing that I was talking about earlier is going to ruin how people approach the Blade movie because they fucked it in the Eternals. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to go into it and they're going to be like, oh, it's going to be like Wesley Snipes Blade. They're going to do it right. Kevin Feige. They're going to give a different spin on it and you need to be fucking ready. And I'm ready to have that because I, I guess, I mean, I didn't grow up with Blade, so I'm not. That was the first Marvel movie I ever saw. Yeah. Was Blade with Wesley But the thing is, is like, if you're not, you have to understand with the reviving, and I'm not you, but like, people have to understand with like reviving uh property like they're going to change shit. i would it's not i mean having seen those movies and having a little bit of roasted in glasses for the blade movie yes. um i hope to god they don't just do exactly that yeah dude wesley dude. snipes was pretty not great <laughs> dino dna i love the uh, <laughs> i love the chris red's impression of wesley snipes um like it just you know this is mainly just like i'm just like fuck marvel fans marvel's fine nothing really got over marvel and i honestly think it was so it was marred by becoming the most popular thing just like everything else it was marred by it and now it in some ways with the declining like uh viewership it kind of feels like they are sometimes kind of grasping the one thing that I am, like, on the fence about whether I don't know if I like or not, like, Megan Thee Stallion and She-Hulk, I saw a lot of people backlash, like, for that. And I don't know how I feel about it, because on one hand, I'm like, well, fuck off. Like, it's it's an innocent-ass scene. On the other hand, I'm like, why are they attaching Meg Thee Stallion to She-Hulk? I don't know. Because it kind of feels like... I thought it was solely worth it for the joke about the guy that I hated who she worked with yeah. thinking he really was dating Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. I thought I, it was, was fully worth it because if you just had like yeah. a hot... Have it just be a hot chick who has no like fame or anything, it'd be like, you know, oh, you really thought you could date this girl? And I'm like, well, yeah, I thought, thought she was nice. <laughs> <laughs> but like you would have to be truly delusional to think you were dating Megan Thee Stallion. That's fair. As that guy. That's fair. But, I mean, they could have done another famous person, but I think she worked pretty perfectly. Yeah, it was such a stark contrast to who that guy was. Yeah. For him to be like, yeah, Megan Thee Stallion, we've been on a couple of days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you thought you had to spend money on her? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it makes the whole thing more ridiculous. I feel like it in joke of him being in that situation in that court case mm-hmm. would not be nearly as funny if it wasn't a celebrity. And mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion was really big at the time, so yeah, it just makes sense. It could have been anybody. It could have been Lizzo. It could have been fucking, if they did this like 10 years ago, fucking Lady Gaga could have been the one, or Katy Perry, like, it doesn't really matter who. I feel like a lot of the reason it was hate was because it was just a way Megan Thee Stallion, because, you know, sexism and racism go hand in hand. And like, this twerking thing was stupid. I was like, cringy a little bit, yeah, but I also thought it was kind of like, I thought, because like, Marvel writers aren't stupid. I feel like it was specifically to piss off those people. The whole show was specifically yeah, to piss off. The show was basically that. Like, They're, the main villain of the show was the people who hate the show. Yeah. So, like, if you were watching it and you hated it, they were literally... Get some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> they were just making fun of people like that the whole show. That's what, I guess that's also why I really like the show. No Hulk bitches? Yeah, it sucks when all you like is superheroes because nobody fucks guys who like superheroes and then you hate women too. So then you can't even enjoy like, watching superheroes because women... <laughs> 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 I 
It's L squared, bro. That's so funny. Fuck you yourself. Speaking um, of... Anyway, I think we should get back into Guardians. Yeah, I'm kind of weird, but you know what? Marvel, it's all, like we said at the beginning, it's yeah. also oh, intrinsically yeah. encapsulated. You kind of, like, can't talk about if you're, it. If you're, ta- if you're watching this and you don't know what we're talking about, you shouldn't be here. Yeah, this is pretty much for the Marvel people. Yeah. Like, sorry, but... Yeah, I'm sorry. This like, is going to be at 100% Marvel. Because, like, I, I can't help but talk about a... Like, I can't talk about a single Marvel movie or show or without whatever, reference. like, without referencing other stuff, because... <laughs> Didn't we just get into that by talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? Yep. Yeah, we tried to go back to the Guardians. <laughs> we immediately failed. But we're here. We're back again. Okay. We're here back with the Guardians. I the fucking banter with Cosmo being so upset about being called a bad dog was the cutest. Yeah, joke. that was like the greatest like little B, like C plot of the movie. It was E plot, but <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite. It was just like Craglin and her like, and I love Sean Gunn. He's so goofy. He's really good. I liked it. Like the the like we talked about it when we first when Will had first seen it when he tries to use the arrow at the very beginning to hit uh, Adam and it just bounces off his chest like who threw this at me <laughs> and he just fucking hides. I love him getting the the arrow and being like just the absolute opposite of yeah uh, like the last person who should get that yeah I'd kind of hoped that like Star Lord would get. Yeah, it would look weird. But I was like, you could put it in his helmet or something. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know how that really works. Yeah, where's this mask gone? Like, what did they do to Craglin to make it? Did they, like, slice his head? Like, how did it slot into their head? It's like, is it a bionic thing? Is it work through, like, your brain? Because like, why would, if it just is controlled by whistling, why does it have to go, like, why do you have to implant it into your head? Because it looked cool on Yondu, but it looks really weird on Craglin, I'll be honest. Yeah. Like, the specifically the big mohawk version of it looks really weird. Yeah. What's it made of? Like, because that arrow, Vibrating. if you have the control of it, like, that could be one of the strongest freaking abilities, like, in, yeah. like, in the universe. Like, like, it's, like, short of God-level stuff, but, like, as far as fighting normal people and aliens, like, you're fucking everybody up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's not really much to someone like Adam Warlock or fucking Thor, but... It's pretty badass. It's like a solid mid-tier power level, I'd, I'd say. Makes them pretty cool. I, I mean, I don't know how that compares to, like, the dog's telekinesis. Because I knew nothing about Cosmo the Space Dog. So that was pretty badass at the end. I'm like, oh, it's, like, not just, like, little telekinesis. It's, like, big telekinesis. Yeah, yeah. It's like Professor X in a dog body. <laughs> oh, apparently Cosmo going to be in the night. It wasn't he in the new, or she in the new Guardians line up at the mid credit scene yeah yeah it's it's cosmo craglin gigantic Groot, rocket uh philo and adam i think that's the whole team way stronger guardians than okay. <laughs> i mean you have a god yeah yeah you have Groot that is enormous you've got rocket still who's like the mastermind and probably a better leader so from now on are we gonna just get Groot talking that's an interesting thing to ask. I doubt it, but it would be, I hope. It would be kind of cool if for Vin Diesel to kind of pull a little bit more weight in his future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he only had to go to the studio once in the past, like, 12 I years. I am Groot. I am Groot. 
He's like, thank you for my $5 million. What did they actually put out? Like, actually, Vin Diesel has the most studio time because he's just so bad at voice acting. <laughs> to get him to say it like 12,000 times. I mean, they have to get him to sing it in different cadences and different, you know. Different. I'm not trying to shit on them. I mean, well, like, no one else could have done it. <laughs> no one else could have done Groot. Uh, but no, really, no one else could have done uh, Rocket as well as Bradley Cooper. I don't think the 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 pain and anguish um, in his like screams. Uh, I love seeing the pain die. Because like screaming. Well, I mean, you watched What If? If anyone's watched What If? Some of the, a lot of the voice actors were like the people who play the actual characters in the live action movies, and some of the voice acting from them just stood out like a sore freaking thumb. No hey, he's on screen right now, or he was. Sebastian Stan, first, I mean, by the, like, he was pretty bad. <laughs> His voice acting was pretty bad, and what if, I'm sorry, but it was not great. Not good. It was not good. He just didn't seem like he was even there. Cool-ass show, by the way. Great show, but, like, some of the voice acting from this character was bad, but then you have someone like Bradley Cooper, and he's fucking knocking it out of the park. Because so many people are like, well, big celebrities shouldn't be doing voice acting and like animation. Like that should be for straight up voice actors. Like, well, some depends. people are actually good at both. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends. Nobody, nobody would have been like, oh, Luke Skywalker's probably good at voiceover. And, and look, at, the look at him going. He's the Joker, and he's Fire Lord Ozai and Avatar. And then I'm, I mean, uh, Chris Pratt, pretty good at like honestly, I haven't watched the whole Mario movie, but I've seen clips from it. Not nearly as bad as I would have thought. It's actually pretty good. It was like, as, as, like, honestly, did you really want the annoying, like, Charles Martinet Mario voice for an hour and a half? He's the Mario. I didn't I want I would have, I would have died. I wouldn't, I would never watch it. I wouldn't either. This is hot. I'm sorry. Bucky's choking <laughs> Natasha on screen. Natasha had him in a triangle <laughs> choke, and he's choking her, like, with his bionic hand. That was pretty good. Um, oh, you know they speaking of sexual tension. I'm really glad they didn't go anywhere with the Star Lord and Nebula. Like this made it a joke. It was a great joke, but I was like gonna be really bothered if they tried to actually make that a thing. Yeah, I don't because I saw the clip in like a trailer, and then I was like, oh no. Oh no. But then of course it was played very obviously as a joke within the movie, so I was like, okay, that's a relief because I did not need that. Because <laughs> I don't even know what robot sex would look like, but I don't wanna. I don't. I don't wanna know. And yeah, I mean, she knew she needed a date. They handled uh, 2014 Gamora. I think it was from 2014, right? 2014 Gamora and Quill's relationship really well. Uh, she joined the Ravagers and didn't give a fuck about any of the Guardians at all. Um, she, by the end, she grew to like care about them somewhat, but not enough to stay with them and yeah. like just go back to being the Gamora from before. Like she's a different person. She, you know, is hanging out with Sylvester Stallone in space. Why would she want a different person too? If I had to choose between hanging out with Chris Pratt for the rest of my life or Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris, but Sylvester and me seem to have a lot more in common. Yeah. You're not, uh, you're not gonna get me. I'm not going to church, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not going to church. Captain America is holding back a helicopter right now. Actually, let's just turn the camera around and pirate this for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking love this thing where he's wrenching a helicopter. Is it even possible? That it's like literally the most Michael Bay shit I have ever seen. And then he, Bucky just goes, fuck this guy, and tries to crash the helicopter on him. You know, 
is, would it even be possible to do like a watch along type thing or would we like it'd be instant copyright strike because you have to sh you can only show so much clips um well watch along i mean if we like a stream you can do it yeah if we did it all we'd have to do is like it would be us and then we would say like okay we're starting the movie now and then we could have like a counter in the bottom that would like, be kind of cool and like we could watch along we have our own commentary <laughs> Yeah. Because our commentary is so valuable. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Never heard of it, but we're stealing the name. No, that... that, that <laughs> I actually just came up with that name. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's basically what they... Uh, right. They started with a threat. Let's end with a threat. Mystery Science... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. I wanted to see, is there anything else that, like, really needs to be... There's a quote in the movie that says, I'm going to go to jail for murder, honestly. I don't remember who said that. Oh, I love Gamora. Um, just like threat. Her go-to strategy for every encounter was to threaten to blow somebody's brains out. <laughs> that was my first ten. Like this is a very different Gamora. I thought that part where the guy, uh, where Mantis is walking by that one guy, is like, "You will fall in love with, uh, with Drax," and he just like, no. he just stop. He just like looks up and he's like, "Hey." There's like, <laughs> I love that guy. I want to, I need to go on IMDb and find the credits for that guy because he just did that so well. Like his 30 seconds of screen time, he really lit it up. You will fall in love with him. Hey. It was so funny. <laughs> he just starts following him. Also, like, I liked how, like, weird Orgo Corp was. Yeah, me too. Like, I think Guardians is one of the few uh, Marvel movies that goes out of its way, like, because they're in space. Like, let's get weird with it. Yeah. And I think it's partially James Gunn, but also just, like, you kind of, like, it, it doesn't feel like a different world unless, like, you're doing different shit. Like, from the beginning of the Guardian movies, like, there's all these people with, like, colorful skin, and there's, like, tentacle people, and, yeah. like, weird weapons, and, like, different stuff. Like, it's not just, like, Earth, but we are, you know this little like it's not like we're a little bit different it's like way different there's tree people you got animal things you got i mean those weird bubbles we got five seconds we'll be right back we're back we literally just turned the camera off and right back on so you were saying oh just um how such like guardians in general but specifically this movie does such a good job of making everything in space so vastly different from earth and, like, even the other movies that we've seen take place in space, like, Thor Ragnarok did a good job of it, and, like, I think Love and Thunder went, they tried, but it just came off real goofy, but not, like, not otherworldly the way that uh, Guardians does it. Like, when you get to, when they got to Orgo Corp, I'm like, this is fucking weird. Like, everything about this, and then, like, the anthropomorphic animal people yeah. on Counter-Earth. Um, and, like, before I knew that the High Evolutionary had his face ripped off and had a replacement face, like... I was like, this guy has a weird stretch face, like um, the guys from Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> really, this is all just like weird and like unusual, and like nowhere is the head of a dead god, and <laughs> all these aliens and people live on it. Yeah. And then like they have like the weird alien fonts and stuff on signs, and like it all just feels like, I don't know, like like they, it's convincing that you are in a whole other fucking galaxy. Like, well, you're in the same galaxy, but. You're in a different part of the galaxy. It's like you're not on Earth and you're not in space with people from Earth. Like everybody here is fucking weird. And I'm like, yeah, everyone acts like different than all the other heroes you've seen in previous movies. Like they have all these flaws and you know, the way they interact is like some of the best chemistry in any of the ensemble cast in Marvel movies. Um, 
how much longer do I have to suck James Gunn's dick? I'm just, my jaw is getting really, really getting large jaw over here. Um, I'm, I was kind of reading through my notes right there, just this, like a little bit. I, I like the psychosis that the high evolutionary got because Rocket was so much smarter than him. That was really, I like that touch, honestly. Um, yeah, it was so unsettling every interaction they had together and like you can tell that rocket was super super smart like super highly intelligent but like so naive Mm -hmm. because he is a child and uh there's like the weird interaction like where they're looking down on counter earth and he's like lecturing rocket like petting him and then like the way every time he would like grip his neck i would just like i would seize up and like he's so unsettling like in the way he looks the way he talks like his eyes and, like, I've seen the actor, like, on the red carpet and stuff, he's a normal-looking guy, but when he's that character, he freaks me out. And he's made his, eye, he made his eyes look really big. Yeah. The thing was also the fact that, like, the mask or whatever stretched back. Like, I feel like the makeup did a really good job with that. Like, it just, he looked so good. Yeah, he and I was so afraid of him from the get-go. Like, obviously, you know he's evil from the beginning, but, like, you don't know the extent of how evil he is quite yet. Um... And, like, just those scenes, probably, like, the most uncomfortable and, like, sad I've ever been at a Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, it's, like, that's nothing compared to watching people get dusted or, like, having your yeah. favorite character die. Like, that's so much worse. Yeah. Like, it literally hurts. Yeah, like, watching an animal get beaten. Well, yeah, I was talking with, uh, with Gabe about it because he saw dangers. Um, and he, all he said to me, like, he was, like, hurts. All right. I was like, uh, like that's when I teared up the first time, probably like really hard, like rolling down my cheek. I was like, fuck, because it's just so messed up. Been in really cute raccoon CGI. Yeah, yeah. They they really really sold it. Also, it's R.I.P. to the the raw the raccoon that was used as the source of Rocket, uh, Rocket's like character. He is passed away. So. Rest in peace. Oh, so I saw the movie at the Alamo, so they were playing all this trivia and stuff um, before. I never knew that James Gunn's dog, his teeth and, like, little jaw, like, was the model for Rocket's CGI model. His own dog was. I had no idea. But, like, there's literally a show shot side-by-side of James Gunn's dog and Rocket, and it's, like, the same little teethies. I was like, that's kind of neat. I don't know if they had to do that, but... (laughs) Honestly, probably just for, like, I... I like my dog's team. He probably just wanted the dog to be in the movie somehow. So he probably could have just taken any raccoon off the internet and used their, used their mouth. No. But yeah. you also didn't have to put your brother in the movie. Yeah. But he made it. What, um, somebody had a line that said, that's worse than what Thanos did to me. Uh, when, um, when they pull out the record of, um, like the video recording of the of the experimentation on Rocket Nebula was like, wow, that's actually worse than what happened to me, yeah. which is saying something mm-hmm. because she had pretty much every part of her body ripped out and replaced to make her a cyborg. Yeah, I have one of my notes says, did they drop an F bomb? Yeah, it really passed. Like, yeah, we did talk about that, but I just think. That was the best way they could have done it. And I was glad that it was just like, not in a super stupid moment. Like, 
it would have been so cringe if it was like a big like climactic moment it's like fuck you yeah. <laughs> shoots him in the face like no this is a goofy moment where someone would actually just be like open the fucking door oh like i've said that <laughs> exactly <laughs> just get in the fucking car yeah like it's just like that's the moments when you actually say fuck and it has some weight to it yeah loved it for so long, people were like, well, I want so-and-so to say fuck for the first time, or they should say it. And, like, I really thought for a minute there that they would have Samuel L. Jackson be the first to say it. I thought it was going to be Deadpool. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been, that would have made sense, too. What I think is going to happen is I think Deadpool is going to get caught in one of the, um, one of the portals from Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And he's just going to fall in the world. And he's be like, what? The fuck! You're just gonna be freaking out at like everybody. Yeah, that would be like a good like mid mid credit or end credit scene to like be like Deadpool's coming. Yeah, because I know that like there's gonna be more shows and movies that touch on the multiverse stuff. And there's gonna be more people just like popping in. It's just gonna be really funny, honestly, to see him in the Marvel universe in general. Because for so long, he's not really been able to. He's able to reference them because Marvel still owns that property, and so like they're able to still talk about it a little bit but they can't be like spider-man they have to be like the little little web-slinging guy the web-slinging guy you know that woman is very impregnant what is this commercial Uh, sorry uh yeah lost focus again i'm a very pregnant woman um should we get to like yeah it's probably just get to the list Right, what we yeah, think yeah. of this movie, and I mean, the themes are obviously um, loss, moving on, uh, heartbreak, badass, being badass, because there was some badassery. Mm-hmm. That was mainly Groot's arc. Was like, I'm gonna be cool as fuck in this movie. <laughs> like when he just grew wings. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. and in the way, like. I, lo- I did love how uh, Star Wars was like, we're not killing anybody. And then as soon as he figured out exactly what these people did to Rocket, they just start murdering people. <laughs> and like, you know, they totally destroy the guy uh, w- uh, when they dived out. <laughs> they grabbed him and they dragged him along the ground and ripped his fucking brain out, basically. Yeah. To get the, to revert, like, remove the kill switch. I was like, yeah, that's one of the most deserved deaths in the MC I've ever seen. Pretty sick. Sick stuff. Sick shit, dude. What did you give it? I'm super biased. I love Guardians. I, I really love all the characters. I like James Gunn movies in general. So I am just going to come out and say it's a nine and a half for me. It would have been a nine, but then they had dog days at the end of the movie. And I was like, okay, it's a nine and a half now. <laughs> if it had been any other song, I wouldn't have been as happy. But like, I was happy crying at the end of the so maybe sad and cry, and then I'd happy cry by the end. Oh, yeah. This is so you hear me? Yes. That's just straight up nine and a half. I'm gonna go with an eight point one. Um, so that gives it seventeen point six. Pretty far up there. And where does that put us? Right above Chaplin. Oh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, well, maybe you should do more Marvel movies, bud. You get up the list better. <laughs> yeah, what have you done with your career? 
<laughs> yeah, RDJ shouldn't check out more. He didn't call Kevin Feige and right. you've got anything for him. <laughs> he would be great for the Marvel Universe, honestly. Who would he play it? I don't know. Be... Let us know in the comments if you think Robert Downey Jr. should play in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> um. Holy shit, he's right there! Whoa. What the fuck? <laughs> he's talking to Spider-Man. No, that's that's the guy from Uncharted. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone saw that movie. Yeah, wait, is this the second Uncharted movie? Who changed the channel? thought we were watching Captain America. Civil War was really just like a disaster, though. It was kind of all over the place. Um, just like this podcast. Yeah. All right. Look, man, we're discombobulated. This was kind of a last-minute, like... Yeah. Thoughts like we got to you know, what do you want from us next time? You want to do some kind of podcast where we talk about random shit the whole time? Because we can do that. Yeah, we'll do that. I can do that. I'll do it. Keep an eye on the channel for that. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so next time we do finding new films at the films. We are going to be, uh, like, attending the movie together, so it's going to be even better. It'll be more cohesive, and I'll have notes. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be a movie I saw three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, the plan, really, is to go watch the movie film right after, um, but obviously that's not. We're going to film it in the bathroom of the movie theater. We're going to film the movie <laughs> with our phones. Uploaded the pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we gotta start generating some profit out of this, so yeah, nefarious means are gonna are gonna. You know, because our editor, I mean, he charges us like a hundred dollars per episode. I mean, yeah, that guy sucks, like, honestly. The editor, the guy who edits. The and I mean, board. my agent. <laughs> I mean, we're paying him. Hey, you're no, you're not Greg and Jeff. You don't have an agent. <laughs> Um, Dude, don't even get me started on Greg and Jeff. Those guys, I mean, look, the golden days are over for them. Yeah, they need to get it up. Um, I just signed the line. I saying that. Um, yeah, no. Uh, catch Dragon Jeff and give the hi hat. Uh, coming out this Sunday at 12 a.m. because their prima donna asses need to live the glory days of when they were on SNL. Um. Right, yeah, you have no idea what we're talking about. Let's like, shut the... Like, we're just... Let's shut this down. Like, yeah, so... Uh, Catch Dragon Jeff Give the Hi-Hat comes out Sundays at midnight for some reason. Uh, we're gonna... You got... What? You got FNF self-tapes coming on Monday. That comes out, I think... It's probably gonna come out at like 3.30 or something in the afternoon. Uh, just look for it. I'll post about it. Or the uh, uh, the company uh, the company will post that on me. Yeah, our social media guy. Yeah, yeah, our our, our well established social media person. Um, no, it's me. I I'll be posting about FNF self tapes on uh on Monday. So just look out for that. We'll be watching a Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is a movie I fucking love. That movie was incredible. Uh, so you can watch me uh, gush about that movie on Monday. Uh, and then next week, we got to figure it out. I, or no, no. 
Omar will be here. Um, yeah, Omar will be here. That's cool. Yeah. Dude, cool. And uh, I have not gotten the movie yet, but, you know, you'll see it. So tune in next Friday for a new guest, Omar, a uh, guy from we all knew from high school. Haven't really touched bases with him in a long, long time. So, so that'll be cool. Uh, yeah. Um, and then be on the lookout. Me and Trev have another podcast to come in. It's just going to be us shooting the shit and talking about shit that we saw on Reddit. It's going to be a lot like this. Yeah. But even more stupid. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, finding your films at the films is going to be like a monthly thing. So don't. Yeah, there's not really a, a good or worthy new movie coming. And it's going to come out randomly. Don't expect it on any day or anything. It's Every like leap year. Once, once a month, you will get one and it'll come when it comes. <laughs> and you'll fucking like it too. Uh, but um, I think that's it. I think I've done enough plugging. Go follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube. Like this video. Rate the podcast on any spot or any on Spotify or any other streaming platform you listen to this on. Give us five stars. Don't just rate it. Give yeah. us five stars. Don't be honest. <laughs> if you don't give us five stars. But uh yeah, thanks. I think that's it. Any any closing remarks? Um I can't believe you're still here. No one is. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Bye.